0: Welcome uh, to this talk, which is about the Birmingham Trojan Horse Affair, an important event of an accusation of a plot to Islamicize schools in Birmingham. And the argument was that this plot was also being taken to other cities in England, such as Bradford and uh, Oldham. And what I'm going to do is go through the nature of that affair, its implications for British Muslims, and also its implication for education policy. So, first I'll give a little bit of background. Essentially, the plot or the accusations of a plot arise in the context of criticisms of multiculturalism that... uh, developed after the Parekh report in 2000 had set out new policies for the integration of British ethnic minority communities. It had also uh, taken place after the Runnymede Trust had also uh, published uh, an important uh, study about the impact of Islamophobia within uh, British politics and society and a series of uh, right-wing think tanks, particularly coming from the US and influenced from the US, such as in the UK, the Henry Jackson Society, but also policy exchange. They began a program of criticizing the idea of multiculturalism and also criticizing the reality of Islamophobia. And this had considerable background influence and particularly influence over the Conservative Party and in 2011 the then Prime Minister David Cameron started to give speeches talking about how multiculturalism had failed and suggesting that what had happened is that there were segregated communities behaving in ways that run completely to our values and obviously he was pointing to uh, British uh, Muslim communities. More or less at the same time, the Conservative Party were arguing about the importance of the big society and, if you like, empowering local communities. And so one of the things that uh, David Cameron had said, we need to open up public services, make them less monolithic, say to people, if you want to start up, new schools you can and so this was a particular mix of the emphasis on communities taking control over local schools and at the same time representing some local communities as uh, problematic and the policy for the big society led to an acceleration of the academy schools program taking place under the authority of the Secretary of State for Education, Michael Gove, such that by 2018, 72% of secondary schools and 27% of primary schools were academies. That means that they were no longer the responsibility of local education authorities. And so giving local communities control over schools meant, in effect, giving that control in the case of education, to multi-academy trusts outside local authority uh, responsibility. And so these were the two elements that helped to explain what happened in the Trojan Horse case. In early 2014, there were reports in the newspapers, particularly in the Telegraph and the Sunday Times, about an Islamophobic plot that led... To a lot of government uh, action instigation of official uh, reports and there were a massive number of reports focused upon birmingham and in particular upon a local community within east birmingham called alum rock there were 21 ofsted reports that is reports on 21 schools two education funding agency reports on uh, academy trusts within Birmingham, a report for Birmingham City Council and a report for Parliament and these all took place between March and June 2014 and so that was a context for a massive media uh, emphasis upon the uh, problem of uh, uh, Muslim uh, extremism and also promoting and leaking evidence and statements from these reports into the press. And yet by the time the process had developed, by the time we uh, get through to official action being taken upon schools and school teachers, only four schools come to be uh, identified as central to the plot. And from media reports of hundreds of teachers involved in the plot, only 12 teachers uh, get professional misconduct cases brought against them. And all of them are associated with Parkview School and links to Parkview Educational Trust. Now, one of the amazing features of this was the argument that successful teachers were being undermined by Muslim governors and Muslim uh, uh, parent groups. And so what was presented was that uh, beleaguered teachers who were trying to do their best, and some of them had been doing very well, were being undermined by this plot. And yet, the centre of the plot, by the time we get beyond uh, June 2014, we discover that the school at the centre of the plot is, in fact, a successful school. Parkview had been a failing school in 1996, but was judged outstanding by 2012. That's two years before uh, the allegations of a plot. And it was in the top 14% of schools in the country. This was so even though 98.8% of its pupils were from Muslim heritage backgrounds, 72.7% were in receipt of free school meals, a very high proportion nationally, and just 7.5% of the pupils had English as a first language in the home. And so this the success of the school was in the context of uh, features of the school. <coughs> it's... Um, Being in Alum Rock, an area of quite serious economic deprivation and disadvantage, it had achieved this success against all uh, the odds. Now, the other thing that happened as the the, uh, uh, inquiries developed was that gradually accusations of extremism dropped out of the picture. By the time the twelve teachers were subject to professional misconduct hearings, there were no allegations of extremism, and no allegations of a plot to Islamize schools. The only charges that were brought were undue religious influence. That is, the schools, as the Clark report had said, that schools were uh, should be were secular schools and yet they had too much uh, influence of Islam within them. Now the misconduct cases began in September 2015 and went on for two years, which is an extraordinary length of time. And so a plot begins in March and by May 2017 it's coming to its resolution and it collapses. And it collapses because of misconduct by lawyers acting for the Department for Education. They have failed to provide uh, documentary evidence that was in their position, possession, which would have uh, uh, altered and you know substantially aided the uh, teachers in their defense. The media, again, referred to this as a technicality. And so one of the questions is, well, why does something that progresses over this period of time, finally collapses, and yet there is very little media interest in the nature of the collapse. And that's partly because the case itself has been, and the Trojan horse affair has been used to promote government policy. So we now see that there were government uh, policies uh, deriving from the belief in a plot that when the plot, the idea of the plot collapses, we're left with uh, uh, the media under the influence of government still promoting the idea that something had happened. So one of the things to say, well, how can we deconstruct what was going on? One of the what are the questions that journalists and publics and politicians should have been asking. The first one is, how can a school be taken over? So, if there's a plot to take over schools, how can that plot be exercised? Which groups might be involved, i.e. what officials have to be involved, and what documents might exist that could show what was happening? And simply, under the Academy's programme, only a successful school, can take over other schools. And it does so at the request of the Department for Education and its officials, which means that any takeover of a school, for example, the takeover of schools by Parkview Academy to incorporate them into its trust is with the involvement of officials at the local authority who's losing its schools and at the Department for Education. And this is all evidenced in minutes and official documents, documents which were not made available to the public and not available to the teachers, and one of the reasons why the legal cases collapsed. The second question to ask, given that the teachers came to be accused of undue religious influence, well, what are the requirements? on religious education and collective worship in public funded schools. A lot of people talked about these schools being secular schools and not faith schools, but there is no such thing as a secular school in England. All schools are required to teach religious education and they're all required to have daily acts of collective worship. A lot of schools don't bother, but given that that's a requirement, it's very perverse for a school to be accused of bothering to have collective worship when collective worship is what is required by legislation. Schools are supposed to have a Christian ethos, that is that the collective worship at a school, the daily acts of collective worship, are primarily Christian, but they can have a different religious character if that is uh, uh required as a consequence of the nature of the pupil intake and also if the school has gone through a proper process to apply to have say islamic collective worship rather than christian collective worship parkview had done that back in 1996 and had been having collective worship of an islamic ethos for that length of time all the period during which it was developing and changing from being a failing school to a successful school. But when the school became an academy, the local authority and the body that regulated religious education and collective worship, the Sacre, no longer had responsibility for the school. That passed to the Department for Education. And so what you see is that the school that followed all the processes relevant to a local authority school and was a successful school uh, within uh, Birmingham, after 2012 became the direct responsibility for the Department for Education. And it was the Department for Education which was in control, the Secretary of State for Education, for all the agencies involved in that list of reports. So one of the things that the press said, well, there's all these reports, these uh, Ofsted reports, Educational Funding Agency report, Clark report, and so on. And every one of the agencies, Ofsted, the Educational Funding Agency, and including the agency that brought the misconduct case against a teacher are all, agencies of the Department for Education, the ministers and the advisers within the Home Office and within the uh, education and the journalists had close relationships with policy exchange. And so the uh, concern around uh, uh, Islam and so on is built in to the advisory process of uh, government ministers and also uh, the way in which the agencies at the secretary uh, that the department for education was organizing so what were the consequences so the consequences were to push forward the policies that bodies like the henry jackson society and the Uh, uh, policy exchange had been advocating more uh, stringent prevent strategy directed towards extremism and in fact shifting from an emphasis on violent extremism to non-violent extremism. And the only evidence in the prevent strategy of 2015 which sets this out is the Birmingham uh, Trojan Horse Affair. Remember, the affair has been in the press in 2014 and is going through a process of a court case which is going to be testing the evidence. And the court cases don't collapse until 2017. But nonetheless, the government has acted on that basis to change policy and bring a requirement of safeguarding Children from radicalization now to be applied to schools, to higher education, national health services, etc. So, quite a uh, radical shift in policy and one with far reaching effects has particular consequences for British Muslim communities, but it has consequences for everybody. Indeed, the most recent uh, development is to suggest that uh, climate change activism might be an example of non-violent extremism, and therefore children are to be safeguarded from influence uh, by bodies uh, like extinction, rebellion, and so on. But from the point of view of British Muslims, religious conservatism, in fact, religiosity per se, but particularly if somebody expresses more conservative religious uh, views, is now indicated as a possible indication of vulnerability. So say, for example, a young person decides to explore their commitments to uh, Islam or any other religious uh, manifestation as a teenager, which is very common amongst uh, young people, that would be a potential warning sign within the non-violent extremism understanding. And moreover, there is a requirement from 2014 onwards to teach what's called fundamental British values. These are no longer understood as things that express multiculturalism, but rather fundamental British values are defined in contrast to some of the values that some ethnic minorities might hold independently of them, and indeed, particularly associated with the religious beliefs of ethnic minorities, where those religious beliefs are not traditional within uh, uh, British uh, uh, culture more generally. And liberals have responded to this by, in a sense, increasingly being hostile to the role of religion within education and the example i'm going to give is of uh, academics at uh, who were initially fo- uh, centered at the university of warwick uh, matthew clayton and colleagues who have developed uh, a project looking at religion in schools and they enunciated two principles that pe- parents should be free to educate their children as they prefer but that should be constrained by children's interest in receiving their fair share of educational goods. Now that shows, that first clause shows uh, their view that uh, religiously grounded education might be at the expense of the development of academic attainment. So they're putting up an implicit opposition between educational attainment and the religious orientation of parents and schools that express their sympathy for that orientation but of course the trojan horse school park view produced uh, educational success and it produced educational success precisely because parents were confident and comfortable with the values and approach of the school because the school expressed an Islamic ethos and one consistent with achieving educational success, both for girls and for boys. And the second criterion they put forward is the wider society's interest in the cultivation of educational goods such as democratic competence, tolerance, and mutual respect. Again, there's an implication that religious beliefs are possibly in conflict with uh, democratic values. And yet there's no evidence for that uh, argument. All the evidence suggests, for example, that uh, British Muslim communities Are fully committed to uh, democratic principles, equality, rule of law, and so on. And so, what you start to get is the representation of religious beliefs, the very fact of having religious beliefs, and religious beliefs are much more prevalent amongst uh, ethnic communities, ethnic minority communities in Britain than they are in the white majority. Community. So the representation of uh, multicultural religious beliefs in terms of an idea of a deficit, that these are backward and that parental rights should be curtailed, especially if what parents are interested in is the expression of and the legitimate expression of Religious commitments. And so Clayton et al. say current legislation is too permissive to parents and insufficiently attentive to children's interests, in particular their interest in autonomy. And what we noticed in that is there is implicitly a racialized understanding of children's interests and autonomy, an idea that the white majority public that their children are uh, unproblematic in terms of the beliefs of their parents but that ethnic minority children need to be protected from the uh, religious beliefs of their parents and protected on the in the basis of a liberal commitment to autonomy on the part of, of children. So my conclusion is that uh, the trojan horse affair has had very important consequences for policy development relating to the prevent security agenda also to policies in schools and the protection of uh, the uh, uh, of young uh, people from radicalization but what they've also done is represented uh, ethnic uh, minorities as potentially second-class citizens within the UK, that their values are at odds with British values, and that their religious commitments are problematic. So we see that there are increasingly authoritarian organisation of government, strongly centralised control over schools from the Department for Education, and liberal commentators are representing themselves uneasy about religious tolerance. So although British values are supposed to include the rule of law and uh, uh, tolerance for religious difference, what we're increasingly getting is a secular intolerance of religious expression and attempts to change the law to remove the protections of uh, religious freedom and liberty of uh, religious expression from especially ethnic minority uh, citizens and their faiths. Thank you.